This week on the Reverse Stick, it's a Champions Trophy special as Jassani wraps up all the action from Breda and Leonie Howard shares the journey of a kookaburra's mum. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is Matt Allen and as every week... The bloke who's normally doing this bit, sitting opposite me, is Mr. John Lee. Hello. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Oh, I'm fine. How's your hockey week? Oh, fabulous. Take us back? Well, we won. That's your boys, the 50s? Yeah, yeah, we won. Oh, you mean, oh, oh, the international hockey. Oh, fabulous too. That was good, wasn't it? Champions Trophy. So much, so much great entertainment on, on show. I must admit, I didn't get to see a lot of the hockey series open, because, um... I was watching Champions Trophy when I could, but um, what I did was some great hockey as well. Even though it's at a lesser level, there was a lot to like about it, and um, you know, compared to what we were seeing at the Champions Trophy, a fantastic tournament. It was, it was indeed. Yet yeah, we've got Jasani coming up later on in the show, um, giving us his perspective. He was all over the tournament, wasn't he? And also, whilst we're on the Champions Trophy, we've talked for, for a while about getting different perspectives on the show, and we like to try and. Uh, get people involved from all facets of the hockey community and so this week we thought let's get a mum or a dad on board and it just so happens we've managed to get Leonie Howard from uh, from Australia and Leonie's the mum of Tim Howard who's just won the Champions Trophy with the, the Kookaburras 15th time um, much celebration Not and that uh, no integral part of the side there and it's really great to get Leonie's perspective so Champions Trophy Champions Trophy Champions Trophy and so much more in the news coming up right now News. Well, we will be talking more about the Champions Trophy soon because that's the basis of our chat with Jazz Pratsani. So we'll start with some of the Hockey Open series that's been going on, Matt. That's um, right. So Singapore. Ra- Singapore, yeah. Uh, first up, the men's, and they played uh, a tournament style with a round-robin followed by some finals, and in the final there, Singapore got over the top of Thailand 4-1. Uh, third and fourth place was... Um, Chinese Taipei versus Myanmar and uh, Taipei got over the top 6-2 and then 5th and 6th place Hong Kong and Indonesia uh, Indonesian struggled it would be fair to say during this tournament 13-0 that 5th versus 6th place game um, interesting 3rd and 4th place took for, was on the 30th and then the final the 5th and 6th and the final were played on the 1st so the don't know exactly why that, that bit of fixturing came up. I, w- I watched a fair bit of it on the FIH yep, um, li- live stream. Um, I really, did, I really enjoyed it. And like we, we said last week, it doesn't have to be the highest standard of hockey to enjoy a good game of hockey. And uh, there was some entertaining contests going on there. Oh yes, yeah, um, and I think there's some teams that will take some heart. I mean, obviously Indonesia's a long way behind everybody, but you know what they did do? Score a goal. So you know, for a young up and coming. Scoring your first international goal at a tournament or something, that, that's a good way to move forward. So. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but yeah, what you know, whether it's Singapore there on home soil. Yes. Fantastic. On the women's side? Oh, the women's side of things. Uh, interesting. So those, those, those top two then go through to the next so round, the Hockey Series finals. Okay. Yeah, well, we're looking for a magical 15 to progress through, oh, aren't we? Oh, that's right, yes. At least 15. Yeah, at least 15. At least 15. Uh, the women, Malaysia won the final there over Thailand. 
somewhat expectedly yeah. that Malaysia would do well. They won that final 6-0. Uh, once again, the same thing with fixturing. The third, fourth place game took place on the 30th with the fifth, sixth and first, second place taking place on the first for some reason. So the third and fourth game happened before the fifth and sixth game. That would have been an interesting game. Uh, Kazakhstan versus Singapore. Three-all draw at full time and 4-2 in a shootout to Singapore over Kazakhstan. And then uh, fifth and sixth was Hong Kong versus Indonesia. Uh, they did bit better in the women's, the um, the Indonesians. They uh, lost that one 4-0. So a uh, little bit of work to do there at the bottom of the table to perhaps be a bit more competitive. But it's all underway. They're, they've started. The program's underway. So we'll look forward to the improvement in years to come. And good luck to Malaysia and Thailand. No surprise that Malaysia took out that one. It's all stepping stones, isn't it, for the smaller nations? It though. is, and, and we've got to encourage it too. And like we say, it, okay, so it's not you know John John and all the rest of the lads out there and Tyler Lovell making great saves and all that sort of stuff, but it's more about the the way they play hockey and the styles that they implement and the the endeavour that you see from the players that attracts you to watching. Do you think Tyler Lovell would rather take a Champions Trophy or a goalkeeper of the tournament home? Champions Trophy. Yeah, move on. Oh, well, come on, mate. You know what? The fine line between every one of those goalkeepers... Anyway, that's a later argument. Uh, Hockey Series Zagreb for the men. Uh, That was played between Austria, Wales, Croatia, Switzerland and Slovakia. And that's how the tournament standings finished. Austria taking out that particular tournament. It was a round robin. There were no finals there. Uh, Just looking through some of the results. Michael Corper, obviously, is a weapon there for them. I think he he finished um, top top goal scorer with 10 goals. Uh, I think Gareth Furlong from Wales. He he, he had nine, well, I think nine or ten, yeah, nine goals. Um, Wales aren't far off it. I mean, if you look at Austria, they scored 29 goals for the tournament and three against, and Wales scored 22 goals and five against. So there's, you know, relatively slim margins potentially between those. Yeah, two. Aust- Austria ranked 19th in the world. Wales 24th yeah, in so the world. That's good. Yeah. So uh, well done to those teams there, and uh, good luck to those who progress. We've got a hockey series open coming up too, uh, Matt. What in years? What in years? What in years? Yeah, I'm glad we went to Google. Don't talk to me about my knees, actually, at the moment. Oh, we'll yeah. come to that in a bit. Sounds better than my what knees. Anyway, well, that's what I thought oh. before we got the old translate going. But yeah. uh, this is a tournament for women. I, oh, did I mention the Croatian tournament in Zagreb was a men's tournament? Uh, the women's equivalent, I suppose you'd call it, is happening... In um, France, from the 6th to 8th of July, a what in ye? What in ye? Uh, Austria, Belarus, France and Russia taking place there. So they're just playing a little round-robin tournament between the four of them. Do we know the origin of round-robin? How does the robin um, oh, we'll come into play with the, the... This is a hockey podcast, come on. Well, got, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter would be the right place to find out about robin. It would, it? exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot cleverer answer than I thought that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, a couple of other things that are happening around the place. The Barbados Senior Women's International Invitational Tournament played in Bridgetown the 28th of June to the 1st of July. Trinidad, Tobago, Guyana and Barbados played a lovely little round-robin series. From look looks of the scores, there's lots of one-alls, oh, look, look, three-ones, two-ones, one-nil-alls. All available on the Facebook, the, the uh, yeah. Bajan, um, sorry, about, yeah, the Bajan um, hockey Facebook page everything was streamed on there yep Trinidad and Bago finished on top there as the way their little table turned out but looks like it would have been some good close hockey being played I think it was right on their on the, on the last day I think TNT played two games I think they played one at 9am and then another one at 
six pm or something like that. There was there was definitely two two games uh, in Bar- a day. Barbados played two games on the first of July. Trinidad and Tobago played two on the thirtieth of July, and Guyana played two on the twenty eighth of June. Right, the way so to squeeze all the games three of them in. Did, huh? did that well done for at least experimenting with it. It'd be interesting. Pro- How the results go there? Would have saved a day um, on hotel hotel fees. Probably. It didn't seem to affect the results. You wouldn't have thought. But anyway. Uh, we'll hear more about that in the future, no doubt. Uh, Ireland and Germany had a... Th- I'm sorry, Ireland and France had a, a three-test series. I think we mentioned last week that the, the first game was being played at Gary Duff and it was John German, uh, record goal scorer of, of Ireland. It was his final game. It was a great turnout there. And our mate Rob Abbott was there officiating the game. Thank you, Rob, for your shout-out on Twitter afterwards saying you enjoyed listening to last week's show on the drive back home from Cork to Dublin. Yes. Beautiful our, stuff. Was that our commentary uh, debut? Is that the sort of stuff fans of any commentary we we would do would, you know, just turning it off while the game's on and they're talking about it in between? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a new way forward for sports commentary? I do anyway. I quite. I like to turn the commentary down quite often. But mm. being that that's just normally me talking to myself as well. A Four Nations Invitational practice tournament in the Netherlands that was going on in Breda at the same time as the Champions Trophy. Netherlands, Japan, China and Spain playing there. Netherlands finishing on top of that. They're getting nicely warmed up. 13-4, one against across three games. So um, Spain looks like they've got a bit of work to do, but we'd have to ask Andrew Wilson uh, exactly what sort of part of their program they're in at the moment. I don't think he's got time to speak to anybody at the moment. It's games, 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 isn't it? It is. They only scored three goals and had 11 scored against. It's unlike Spain to not score goals and have plenty scored against them. Usually they can score goals, but they tend to leak them a bit. That's my perception. I might be quite entirely wrong. Speak to the coach about it, mate. We will. Would that be Andrew Wilson, yeah. the person well, no, who retweeted our tweet thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll get we'll get on to, we'll get onto that. Don't worry, we'll oh, get onto that. I thought that was a mention. No, we're, no, we're going we're going to do some shout outs. We we'll do some shout outs. We're um, as we're recording, I just put a cheeky little tweet out to say if you give us a like on this tweet, then um, we will give you a shout out. But we'll do that in a bit once we've got a few more together. Um, Not that there's loads already, obviously. Thousands. Don't forget the next big thing in hockey is a Vitality Hockey, hockey Women's World Cup. Vitality Hockey Women's World Cup that would be 21st of July it kicks off through to the 5th of August in London China Italy Korea Netherlands England India Ireland the United States Argentina Germany South Africa Spain Australia Belgium Japan and New Zealand all taking part and it's going to be a cracker listen up for the details or listen out for the details for the uh the collaboration between the hockey family and the reverse stick bringing you the daily show and the yeah. wrap up of everything that's happened at the Vitality Women's just, Hockey World Cup just, 2018. Just London. while we're on this daily show, have you, have you, have you had a look at the fixturing and schedule? They, uh, it's going to be late, isn't it? Uh, exactly what have you signed us up for here, my friend? <laughs> oh, I could be divorced by the end of this. Um, you're not married, are you? No, You're but... living in sin. Hey? You're living in sin. Yeah. No, no, not legally. What? I'm not living in legal That's sin. That's de facto then, isn't it, though? It's not, yeah. You can't get de facto divorced, can you? I suppose well, you, you can. can. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, you do. All right, well, good luck with that. Uh, Taff, <laughs> sorry, Taff, give John a call. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to that. It's a good excuse. Oh, no, I'm sorry, dear. I've got to start. I'm watching hockey. 
You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And to talk us through all of the action from the Champions Trophy in Breeder is Jazpreet Sani, who was all across it like ants on a picnic rug. Jazz, you were everywhere during the Champions Trophy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I just try to be hockey active. Yeah, you certainly were during that. Now, what did you make of the tournament? Uh, the unfortunate part is that it's not going to happen again. So that's 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 something that uh, I don't think that the, the FIH is doing right. It, they should continue with the Champions Trophy, which is one of it is one of the three premier events, global events that uh, hockey has. I, they have replaced it with the, the hockey series and the hockey pro league, but I don't know how successful it will be uh, to change a tournament that was 40 years uh, in the making. So. On that note, yeah, it is unfortunate that it's not going to happen again. But all in all, we had a fabulous last event, uh, an event to remember in terms of, um, not in terms of a new champion because Australia, as usual, dominated it. Uh, But uh, in terms of uh, uh, Argentina failing without Retegi, India coming up good with Harendra, um, Pakistan... um, throwing some punches in, in terms of beating Argentina with an, uh, another new coach, that is Oltmans. So uh, it was an interesting tournament in a way that um, there were a lot of uh, new setups in terms of teams uh, and the coaching staff. And uh, in the end, uh, India gave a very good account of themselves and uh, almost uh, took the cup from the Aussies, but it didn't happen. Overall, it was a good tournament. I would give it... Uh, no, it's, 4.5 out of uh, a 5 star rating um, Netherlands will be disappointed that they uh, couldn't get past India uh, in the last league match uh, they needed a win, they almost got a win but for that disallowed goals they had to be content with a bronze medal in the end so uh, out overall it was a good tournament uh, good, good assessment of how the teams are going to shape up uh, in the next half of the year, especially the World Cup. Now, two of the teams you mentioned there, apart from the, the two that got to the final, which we'll talk about in a minute, but Pakistan and Belgium, I thought, had really interesting tournaments. Obviously, Pakistan's ranked 13th. A lot of people were you know, questioning why they happened to be there. I think the wider hockey community sort of probably thought, well, they started it, so give them a crack at the last one. But um, their performances, well, I thought, were showed a lot of promise, and in, especially the game against Argentina, they had an absolutely cracking game. But Belgium, they can't seem to win a game. If you look through their results from the tournament, it's draw after draw after draw. Exactly. Belgium um, was supposed to be one of the favourites to win the trophy along with Australia. That was some of the predictions uh, made online on, on the, on, by the uh, experts as well as media uh, that Belgium is maybe, the going, maybe is going to be the team to beat uh, at, the, at the Champions Trophy. But it didn't happen. Um, somehow their um, midfield was not as fluent as it used to be. Um, their penalty corner battery um, wasn't working, which uh, I'm afraid was this scenario with almost every team Australia scored I think only uh, twice out of their 20 PCs, India scored just uh, thrice of their 26 so 
that was I don't know uh, why it happened because there were some issues with the pitch also the ball was bobbling at times when the injection was made so maybe it had something to do with that but uh, overall a very poor PC record which affected Belgium as well uh, Boone did not fire uh, much uh, as much as he should have Pilat got a hat trick once but overall he would not uh, be satisfied uh, with himself uh, at the standards that he has set for himself and the world drag flicking uh, uh, fraternity so in that on that note uh, belgium did have a bad tournament i think um, they were unlucky not to get past a few teams in terms of the end, end score because it was either 1-1 or 2-2 or like the 3-3 against mm-hmm. australia so uh, i think um, they might feel that uh, people are reading Belgium a, lit- a little better now because since I think 2011 they have made rapid progress in uh, uh, hockey as well as other, other 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 sports as well, including football, which is going on right now. They're in the through to the quarterfinals there as well. So their blueprint of uh, uh, developing sports overall is pretty good, but they will be disappointed with this Champions Trophy. And I, I was immensely impressed too by the, the attacking nature of the games, especially India and Pakistan, who are both really exciting to watch and attack. And I think the, the Indian teams added a little bit of defensive steel in there as well. Oh my God, that was the story of the tournament for India. Uh, the defence played out brilliantly, even without Rupinder Pal Singh, Birinder Lakra, and a special mention for Surinder Kumar, who was cool as a cucumber, clean tackles, did not uh, clean, uh, clear the lines after getting the balls, just kept possession and tried to build attack out of uh, the Indian half. So that was one of the prime changes that I noticed, uh, noticed under Harinder because earlier the defenders used to clear the lines. Uh, now they look to keep the ball even after tackling and build it from there. So that's one of the very welcome changes in Indian defense. And Surinder coming back and uh, Harman Preet joining in, uh, Birinder being the old war horse there. Um, the, they grew in confidence uh, match after match. And at the end of the tournament, they conceded just seven goals, uh, as few as Netherlands. So that speaks a lot about uh, India's defensive structure that improved uh, under Harinder immensely in just one tournament. Um, but the quandary for India would be that the same defensive structure in terms of uh, players, that is Herman Preet and others, who are used for drag flick, they failed miserably there. Just three conversion out of 26, and it's the same set of players who played superbly in the defensive line. So bringing back Rupender, who to replace, who he will replace, it can't be Birinder, it can't be Surinder, it can't be uh, Herman Preet. So that's the that's the dilemma. That's a dilemma that the selectors will be facing when they pick up the Asian Games squad because those players played brilliantly in defense, but when it came to uh, drag flicking, they failed. So that's one thing that India will be a little worried about. Now, Joe's Preet, where does all this leave um, Sadar? He brought up his 300th game during this tournament, which is uh, an exceptional achievement for a hockey player. Um, I thought he might have been gone under the old coach, but it seems that Harendra is playing a style that allows him to play longer. Would that be a fair comment? Uh, Harendra is using him intelligently in terms of um, 
allowing him to hold the ball and uh, control play and let the likes of manpreet and chinglin sana and uh, the youngster vivek sagar prasad um, move ahead a little aggressively with sardar playing a little back so uh, on those on those lines he played fairly well um, and in terms of substitution also keeping one of either manpreet or sardar on the field always helps india because it let it the confidence doesn't go down the midfield possession doesn't go down so on that front right but to be honest um in the champions trophy against the top teams this it was the first time that i really felt that sardar was a little slow he 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 was found out when um, tackled by or chased by um, younger players in terms of australia netherlands and argentina but overall um, i think um, he has had a better tournament than he had over the last maybe five or six appearances for india uh, he had one of the better tournaments but that alone that the fact alone that uh, he could replace manpreet as substitute rolling substitutions during a match that alone won't help him keep his place he will have to come out with flying colors in crunch situations like the shootout against australia where he failed miserably he he, he showed some schoolboy stuff while he was approaching taller lovel and then was easily uh, easily stymied away by him so on that on those crunch situations is where sardar will have to come up with a brilliant performance and i think that's one point where selectors will be a little edgy uh, whether to pick him or not for asian games but considering his experience i think uh, they will go ahead with him for asian games and then take it from there you you mentioned tyler lovell there um and i thought the goalkeeping not only from tyler but from shrijesh and all of the keepers at the tournament was absolutely outstanding it was one of the highlights for me yeah it was brilliant because um at the end of the defensive structure the final brick is the goalkeeper and that's where srijesh and uh, tal lower came up with brilliant performances and almost uh, played a pivotal role in taking their teams through to the final um, so yeah you're right goalkeepers had a great day during the champions trophy now how's it all been taken back home there in india has it gained much attention your performances um, compared to australia yes <laughs> because what you told <laughs> what you told me that there's not a patch of uh, champions trophy anywhere in the media except on fox maybe yeah a little um, bit's crept out but very little yeah but compared to that yeah a lot because uh, all the wins were um, well covered in the newspapers and on media and once they reached the final um, obviously that was also well covered but not as much as it would have had the football world cup not been on because in india also the football world cup is very uh, widely followed and uh, for champions trophy to coincide with uh, that was a little bit of must have taken a little bit of hit on the numbers that um, the broadcasters and all all of all the advertisers must be looking at so yeah. in terms of that yeah it affected but overall yeah good response and any whispers about people who shouldn't or should be in the team or is it generally they're happy with the squad that that's out there representing them the general outcome of the general uh, opinion following the champions trophy is that harender has done a brilliant job 
mm. bringing the team together after what happened at Gold Coast, where they were almost playing in groups. So uh, on that front, yeah, people are very happy with the team. Um, not many are questioning Sardar as well, but um, I feel that uh, him failing at crunch moments will affect team like it did during the shootout against uh, Australia. Not that he only missed. Harman Preet and uh, um, I think Lalit also missed. Just just Manpreet scored. So, but he's one man that the team looks up to, and if he if they have to um, lead, lead by example, then Sardar has to be the first of them. He's a 300 capper now. Now, finally, let's let's talk about Australia because, as we mentioned just before, I mean, it, it got very little coverage here. And what is it about? <laughs> Australian hockey that just keeps on rolling on. I mean, the record, the men's team's record now is, I, I don't know that it could be matched in any other sport by any other, you know, maybe Brazil in soccer has, has been successful over such a long period of time. Um, I'm not so much aware of the domestic structure in Australian hockey, but I've heard it is very good and uh, um, the people are playing hockey. Uh, the youngsters may not be as much interested, but still the feeding system remains as good as uh, anybody. New players keep coming on. The older lot going out, like uh, the likes of Orchard and uh, Jamie Dwyer and uh, Chris Cirello. It hasn't affected the, affected them at all, which is which is something that needs to be looked at. How how they are uh, they're training their new crop or how that new crop is being groomed by the um, by Kukaburas. So, so in that terms, I, I'm, I'm not too sure about how the feeding system for the national team goes, but as far as I'm concerned, I think that's one reason why they keep winning tournaments and keep producing players who are world beaters. I thought they'd really miss Mark Knowles, but it seems like you know, they were a little bit wobbly there for a second, but they've, they've, it's almost like he wasn't there now. Yeah, and Mark Knowles will be missed. Obviously, he's a legend. He oh, he time. almost he 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 used to handle the defense almost single-handedly at times. So he will definitely be missed. But somehow Australia keep churning out wins after wins, and that brings home the trophies. I'm sure um, the, it's crammed up in the cabinet now. It <laughs> definitely is. Now, what's up next for you, Jazz? What's the next sport that's coming under your spotlight? Obviously, the Women's World Cup, uh, that's going to be the talking point mm. for the next, maybe, uh, once it starts on, I think, July 21st. So, I think for the next, until until the Asian Games begin on August 18th, which is, by when I think uh, the World Cup also must be over. Yeah. So, uh, so, that's going to take most of the time of hockey lovers here in India. Though not many follow women's hockey, but when it comes to World Cup, and especially if they do well, then it might get some eyeballs. I'd say the India has announced their team during the week as well for the uh, the World Cup, the women's. Yeah, they they have announced their team, and Rani Rampal, who made a comeback during the Spain tour, uh, where India drew the five-match series to all, um, she's again leading the team. Um, it's again a good mix of young and old players, but... I think it will boil down to how Short Marine uh, takes them along um, because too much chopping and changing uh, 
whether it is with women's team or men's team it obviously takes a toll harinder did a good job with the women as well unlucky not to win the bronze at the commonwealth games uh, shirt marine uh, should be okay uh, with the team uh, led by rani rampal sushila chanu was one of the noticeable absentees from uh, the squad she has not been picked up but overall a good squad and uh, they are looking up to it uh, against the first match against england uh, look i must admit i'm looking forward to seeing how their performances go at the world cup i don't i don't think they can win it but i certainly think that they can play a really good brand of hockey they did at the gold coast i thought they were very impressive yeah they should but um, they don't have an easy group usa is there i think i uh, then england and ireland so they yeah. have to win at least two of those matches um which will be tough against usa and uh, england but they're going it with a lot of hope and let's see what happens well, look thanks for joining us again today jazz pro we look forward to hearing you again soon and um looking out for those tweets during the world cup that should be great again Oh yeah, sure, sure, John. I'll be there, and uh, I'll be on duty on Twitter. Twitter duty, I would say that. I loved your work in Hockey World News too. Oh yeah, that's that's a good platform that I got. Uh, should get me some international exposure in terms of magazine as well as web presence. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, well, I hope you get a lot of reaction out. That it was an interesting piece. Thanks again for joining us, Jazz, and we'll catch you soon. Thank you John it was a pleasure talking to you thank you so much You're listening to the Reverse Stick the Global Hockey Podcast and that was Jazz Pratsani with his wrap of the Champions Trophy what did he make of it all I loved it loved it loved it oh, loved wasn't it was a hockey fantastic every single moment I got to view I was just totally totally absorbed into the action um it offered everything now Australia seemed to clear quite a, an early pathway to, to qualify and obviously in last week's show we spoke to Ash and he saw Australia being in the final and joining them either India or the Netherlands yeah. you know, it's how it worked out wasn't it and that was uh, as close as it could get um, and heartbreak. they couldn't even really split India and, and the Netherlands no. you know, the game was a one all draw in the end no, and that de- decision as well from, from the video umpire oh, um, yeah, uh, Hertzberger yeah. was up in the air and the can the you, crowd can you was celebrating. On, can you play on in front of the? Free I thought the Kiwi though? umpire was very good, actually. Um, I'm sorry, his name escapes me, but the the, the lad who was um, doing that game and the Japanese guy, he was fantastic. No, they were all, all, all the officials, I, very good officials. Would they be pro league level officials under the new tier? Oh, of course know. they would. Of course You'd they like would. Like to think so, but you know, I think the FIH had a fantastic tournament. Um, and the stream was uh, the the quality of the broadcast and the streaming and stuff that was going on, and the commentary and you know that all that sort of stuff was fantastic. It's a great starting point. I mean, there's always can be improvements and stuff, but it, what we got was a really top quality product. And with the teams involved, you know, Payat popping right. up with six goals for top goal scorer, all from corners. It's that's trademark. Yeah, yeah, that's trademark. That's the problem with Argentina, though. That's you know that's all they get if you know what I mean that's one of the one of the problems they had with scoring and translating it's almost like the players are looking more for a short corner than they are for a, a chance to score goals for themselves just going through the teams I thought Pakistan were exciting and they were much improved 
geez, I wish I'd have popped to the bookies um, for the win. They were paying about ten bucks. Um, Look, they they're not that far behind. I mean, they've got great players. I think you know some of the um, the hurdles they've had to overcome yeah. uh, have probably held them back a bit. But now they've got this new fitness guy. He's obviously had an impact. Yeah, there was and, obvious in fourth quarter fade. Yeah, with them. And much much like India, they're getting better defensively. They're, they've always been a great team on the attack, as have India, but they seem there's a, a new resolve in their defending. That's my thoughts. Anyway. Yeah, Belgium disappointed with this spot, do you well, reckon? They can't, their problem is they can't win games. Look at their look at their their results. Draw, draw, draw. And you know, well, apart from guessing the Netherlands, they got some six one and. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, draw, yeah, draw against know. draw against Australia three three, draw against India one one. The, the wind had gone uh, out of their draw. sails by the time they got pumped by the Netherlands. Yeah. So. Well, no, no, wasn't that? It was early on. It was only the second game. They played the it? Aussies. Yeah, Aussies first game three three draw. Oops, that's the wrong set of results. Um, <laughs> I got that one wrong. <laughs> but yeah, they, I mean, they finished up with the win on the shootout in the fifth sixth playoff. Um, Keeper of the tournament. Well, Shrujesh won the accolade and did have a very good tournament um, yeah played superbly but the way that Tyler Lovell played in that final um, maybe it's unkind to give all of the awards to the Aussies Jake Harvey got the Rising Star Award uh, Aaron Zalewski got the Player of the Tournament Award Colin Batch got the uh, the Coach of the Tournament Award and as Bobby Crutchley um, said at the time it's very hard to give a coach of the tournament award to anybody else apart from the team that's won the tournament, and it's a fair comment. And uh, good luck to Bobby Crutchley in his new role, head of uh, GB Gymnastics, I think, isn't it? A step I look, away I from look forward to seeing Bobby up there on the rings come the next Olympics. But he was, his, his, his um, um, commentary and um, punditry alongside Ashley and um, the other guy there that was doing the commentary was superb I thought Re- really insightful and uh, spot on I enjoyed it no commentary was great um, uh, yeah sorry um, other sides there hang I on just, just quietly back to the goalkeeper of the year thing um, goalkeeper I mean, of the year or the tournament no, sorry goalkeeper of the tournament but congrats oh, to Shrujesh on that oh absolutely and you know, you, there's, there's not a tobacco paper between all of those goalies. I thought it was an outstanding tournament from, from all of them. And um, the quality of the hockey was matched by the quality of the goaltending. Everybody keeps... Well, it seems in the aftermath people bemoan the number of penalty corners that were not converted. They're looking at the conversion rate. How often was that lack of conversion down to some brilliant goalkeeping or great defending? We'll come back to goalkeeping a little bit later on in the show, John. So, uh, and, and Tyler Lovell, Shree Jesh, you know, these people are in a position where they have to give it to someone, and if you can draw a line between either of those two blokes, you're doing yeah, well. Yeah. Um, Netherlands uh, finishing third spot, beating Argentina 2 in the final. Um, Argentina obviously got the win in the final pool game, game against Australia. That was a cracking game too. It was. Um, but Australia were already qualified, but they certainly didn't um, ease off in the contest whatsoever. It was um, yeah. a full-blooded battle. Um, Ask Maddie Swan about the way that he was run through. Jeez. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, those third, fourth teams could quite easily have been in the one-two game, couldn't they? But as we saw, it was a repeat of uh, two years ago in in England, and it went to a shootout again. And Australia triumphed once again. 15 Champions Trophies. Is that the end of this great tournament, John? Oh, potentially. Maybe not. Who knows? Well, yeah. 
things I think things are a little bit flexible at the FIH at the moment and I, I would like to think they look at the success of the tournament the quality of the hockey played and understand that it is something worthwhile how we manage to fit it in into a calendar that's going to have pro leagues and all this sort of stuff going on I don't know it might no longer be relevant because we're going to have pro leagues and the only teams that are going to be in the champions trophy are going to be teams playing in the pro league but maybe maybe we'll go retro to the super world cup trophy eh? take it way back I don't know but one thing that I didn't learn from this tournament is you know there's there's teams outside the top nine that are more than worthy of being included in that competition well that's the thing it wasn't top six was it all no. the way all the way down to uh, 13 Mate, with, Pakistan with Pakistan were very good and if if that's the gap between Australia and you know in one and Pakistan in 13 it's a piffling gap there's not much of a gap there piffling indeed piffling. what what no but one thing I will say about the Australians is that they are the hardest team to beat people were making comment you know during the tournament on the, the comment sections of certain places, you know, who's the best team? Oh, this uh, Australia and the Netherlands were the ones that kept coming up. They're the best teams. Mm, I, I don't think either of them are the best, but Australians are the hardest to beat. They don't get beaten often. You know, if you get a draw against Australia, you're probably doing well in a game that re- means something. If something's on the line, because they they fight and fight and fight. And that's what, if every other team in world hockey did the same thing, results would be very, very different. That's our perfect time to take us to our next interview. We've got um, mum of Timo Howard, uh, who's recently won the Champions Trophy, going to join us on the show. Here we go. So joining us on the reverse stick is Leonie Howard, uh, mum of Tim, current Cookerborough. We've talked quite a lot on the show in the past about um, the parental support and behind every great player there being a great family supporting their endeavours. Uh, Leonie, thanks so much for joining us on the reverse stick. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. You must be very proud at the moment. Tim's just uh, won the Champions Trophy there in Breda, so there's no better time to get you on to to talk. Um, But before we talk about now, can you tell us a bit about your hockey history and the family hockey history? Uh, Yeah, so um, I guess my mum put uh, my brother and I into hockey. Uh, I was 10 and my brother was 8. Um, my mother actually played for Valley's Hockey Club here in Brisbane, uh-huh. and uh, we started with a club called City United Hockey Club in Brisbane, which is now called uh, Kedron Wavell Hockey Club. Uh, we just, my brother was quite good at an early age, um, and I really enjoyed it. I had to work hard for it, whereas my brother was a little bit of a natural, uh, and when um, I had Tim and, and also his three sisters, um, I didn't actually put Tim into hockey first up. Tim actually played soccer for his first season of sport. Uh, then he tried uh, rugby league in his second season. Uh, he did a head-high tackle uh, about halfway through the season and <laughs> he uh, got uh, severely penalised by the umpire and... Um, consequently didn't tackle for the rest of the season so rugby league was crossed off and then I <laughs> thought well put him into hockey so we gave him a go at hockey um, 
he he actually wasn't a natural. He had to work hard at it. But because uh, to see where he is today, I'm glad I ended up putting him into hockey. Well, it sounds as though it was inevitable that he'd end up there anyway. Yes, yes, yeah. He uh, he also played futsal. Um, so he took up futsal through school um, and actually when he was 11, uh, he actually made his first Queensland team um, for both futsal first and then hockey in the same year. Um, so it wasn't long, too long after that that he actually had to choose between hockey and futsal and he actually chose hockey. Well, it's interesting. On one of our first shows, we spoke to Terry Walsh, and he said that a lot of the studies had shown that the, the kids that really excelled um, in hockey and in other sports had had that multi-sport background and, and had tried lots of things. Yeah, um, I think I'm, I'm quite passionate about hockey, um, so I think I wanted to give him a go now in hindsight, give him a go at a few other sports before I put him into hockey. Uh, I, I played hockey myself until, until Queensland 21s um, and in the end I, I actually had an injury with my thumb. But uh, I think um, myself growing up, it was, you know, live, breathe hockey um, for those years and I, in the end, um, decided that, um, you know, I had, had the slight injury but then I just decided that I was going to give it away and, and go and live life and, and not um, not uh, train so hard. Yeah, yeah. I decided to step away from the game. So I, I also wanted um, Timo to have um, a, a lot of a lot of opportunity to try other sports before um, he got into hockey as well. He said, "11 years old. That's first state representation. What's mum and dad's role? Mum's role?" At that age, is that there's a lot of carting, carting him around to get to different training sessions? There definitely is. Um, and I'll, he's got, Tim's got three uh, younger sisters. Um, so Charlotte, and there's eight years between the oldest, Charlotte, and then another couple of years or 16 months, I think, with Mackenzie, and then there's Gabriella. So there was often times when... Um, Tim's dad would take him to training and I'd be home with the girls or we'd swap roles. Um, and then when he made representative teams, we would, uh, both indoor and outdoor, um, we would pack the, the little babies up, the girls, and um, we would follow him. I never missed a, I never missed a tournament until he was under 21s. So there's not just the, the time, but there's obviously a considerable financial pressure that comes from it as well. Yeah, it's um, to, to to continue to follow him. It's definitely time. Um, it's money. Uh, it's having um, uh, other family members to cater for as well. Um, but I I try to get to as much as possible. Um, my mum and dad actually follow him quite a bit as well. Um, and my mum's sister and her husband um, follow him quite a bit. Um, we all went to the Youth Olympic Games. Um, my mum and dad, my auntie, my uncle and myself went to the Youth Olympic Games in China. Um, my mum, my auntie and I went to the Junior World Cup in India. Um, and then we all went down to Melbourne or Bendigo and then on to Melbourne to watch his debut. So he has a lot of support. You mentioned Nanjing and you've mentioned India there. How did, how did you find those experiences? 
I loved it. I loved it. Um, I think Timo's taken me to seven countries now. So his first trip was um, Australian schoolboys where we went to uh, France, Holland, Belgium and Germany. Um, and then on to China, Malaysia and India. Uh, I love the different cultures. Um, it's My holidays are hockey holidays and they always have been. Um, so, yeah, I, I love... Um, following him. I love sitting out and watching games. So we, we won't just go and watch one game. If there's three games on, we'll go and sit and watch three games. So it's, a, it's actually quite enjoyable. And obviously in India, we uh, flew into Delhi and got to go to Agra and uh, visit the Taj Mahal, which I would never have got there. So he's um, certainly taken me to different places that I probably would never have gone. This is it. It's a good excuse to get out there, isn't it? It is, it is. Now, honestly, we've spoken before and I understand you didn't make it out to the Champions Trophy last week, but you were watching on from afar. Did you get to see all the games and was it late nights, early mornings? Definitely watched every single game. Um, I haven't missed a cap. I actually went to Malaysia um, for the second time earlier this year. Um, I did, sorry, I didn't watch the Germany uh, chess matches because I couldn't find a live stream anywhere. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was, I think there was a, there was one game that was quite reasonable. I think that was 9.30. That might have been Argentina. Um, the rest of the games were either midnight or 2 a.m. in the morning. And I think the, it was the Netherlands was, uh, 3.30 a.m. in the morning. So I actually went to sleep for that one and then, um, woke up and watched. And then couldn't get back to sleep. So I've actually been finding myself napping a little bit lately. But uh, we're all good now. It's over. Oh, we love the dedication. That's fantastic. Um, now, Tim's recently moved to Perth as part of the AIS setup. <laughs> um, how's he found that and how's the family found that with, uh, with him moving away? Um, I, I think, uh, you know... Uh, I, I guess looking back, you know, we always knew that it was going to, sorry, it was all, it's always going to be in, it was always going to be in Perth. Yeah. Um, and that was the, the aim was for him to, to be included in the Kookaburra squad. So we did realize that he would have to move to Perth if he got there, which thankfully he has. We're so grateful. Um, but then the reality set in. Um, so, when he was actually named, so he debuted and then he was actually named in the Kookaburras, um, it was all very exciting. And a week later, it was about around Christmas time and it was a little bit sad because uh, um, I think the realisation that he was going to be on the other side of Australia and we, we're actually a very close family. Uh, so there was a few tears on Christmas Day. Um, he then packed everything up. So he he decided that, yep, he's going to give it a good go. That's what he wants. Um, packed everything up. Um, went over there, found somewhere to live. Um, I think he, because he wants it so much, um, he has made it work. Um, he, he's training hard. He's put everything into it. Um, for me, I was uh, keeping in touch with him every single day when he first went over. Um, after a few weeks, I sort of settled down a little bit and um, it was, you know, every few days and, and now we, we talk, you know, every week or something. So 
Uh, he's actually in Croatia at the moment. Um, so instead of coming home, uh, him and uh, I think there's about another five kookaburras that have actually gone on a bit of a week's holiday to Croatia. So I'm actually more nervous of him being in Croatia than he is in Perth. So and they're, they're having a good time by the looks. But yeah, no, I think I think he's settled in. Um, I actually haven't been over to Perth since he moved there. Um, he has been back uh, two two times, I think, once for a wedding and once for a little bit of a, a Cedar family for a week. Um, and hopefully, I'll get over and, and see him when he gets back. Um, he didn't bring any washing yeah. back with him, did he? No, he didn't. And actually, the last time um, he was here for a wedding, and uh, he stayed with me for four days. And he actually was training here at the QAS. And uh, he he's got a he's he's very well trained. Um, so he's got this little laundry bag now, and uh, he was he was smelling, and he said, "Oh, I'll just put it out on the veranda." So we put it out on the veranda, and you know, it was just this bag. And I sort of thought, "Why am I not washing it?" So I popped it in the washing. And he says, oh, what did you do that for? I could have just taken it home. And I, so he's uh, he's certainly growing up. Yeah. That's good. He's, he's obviously had a good coach there. Um, just look, looking ahead, and obviously we don't know about team selections just yet for the World Cup um, in India <laughs> in December. Are you, is it something that you'd go to if Tim's selected? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if he's selected in a, a World Cup or a Olympics or a Com Games, that would probably be my top three. I uh, would do everything in my power to be there. Um, I'm not sure with the World Cup. Um, I actually um, have had a look at the draw, um, and I think it goes for nearly three weeks. Um, I think they've got 16 teams, and um, they in their pool. Um, they only play every two, uh, sorry, every three days or yeah. maybe even four. Uh, so that's probably a little bit too, too long for me to be away. Um, but then possibly go over for the final four games. So maybe go half the time. Fantastic. Um, look, have you got a message at all, Leone, for any other parents out there? Maybe if they've got kids that are showing a bit of promise. You've, you've got a bit of experience in the area. Um, I would say if they really, really want it, um, to support them, to help them. Um, I, I've, I know even for, for Tim, um, you know, so he, he first trialed for, say, a Brisbane under 11 team and he didn't make it. Um, he, he, he wasn't, um, he wasn't particularly the, the most natural and best player at that age, but he just got in the backyard and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced, probably from around about the age of 11. Um, so he, he missed out on his first year of under 11s and then made the, the second team in the second year of under 11s. And, and then from, from there, he, he just practiced. We actually had a full goal net in our backyard at one stage and we didn't have a huge backyard either. Uh, and he would just go out there every single day and he would just practice. Um, and that is what has got him here today is just that dedication of, of wanting it and wanting to be better. I think it sounds fantastic, Leone, and your support and the family support has obviously played a big part in that. Keep enjoying the journey and uh, keep enjoying the travel that goes along with it. And thank you for joining us on The Reverse Stick. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. You are listening to episode 56 of the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. 
And that was Leonie Howard, mum of Kookaburra Tim Howard, joining us on the line from Brisbane. You know, it's great to get a parental perspective, isn't it, John? Well, none of these great hockey stars get there because uh, without the help of their parents a lot of the time. Because um, parents sacrifice a lot for children. And... Uh, I don't know, that's what you do, it's I what guess. It's, I it's just a hard one. It's what you do. but It's, it's what you do, yeah. I, I love the fact that, um, <laughs> talk, talking then to Leone, that you know Tim had a bit of a go at some other sports, um, played some NRL, did a ridiculously high tackle, didn't play any more NRL, <laughs> um, but we accepted him into the hockey family, you know, and, that, and that's the main thing. We take all sorts here, don't we, John? We well, take all sorts in the hockey family. We've ended up here. <laughs> He's uh, looking at you, kid. Yeah. And well done to Jim and his teammates, and I'm sure Mum is an extremely proud woman. I was just thinking, I didn't think about it at the time. It's hard if you're waiting as a family on selection for, um, what are you doing? Just, I was just making funny faces at me. Um, it, it's hard when you're looking to book holidays and it, everything's reliant on selection you might your kid might not make it into into a side and yeah. so how far do you book ahead how far can you plan ahead and then you're left oh, i've got two months notice um i'm gonna have to book the most expensive hotel in bbi if there's any left um the flight situation doesn't get any better the closer you get does it it's it makes it hard yeah, and, and you're very. But but good on good on mum for mum and dad and aunties and uncles and everybody else for getting involved and getting and and supporting the the lad. Oh, it's living a dream too, isn't it? Yeah, representing your country in a fantastic Beautiful. sport. Yeah, like Leonie said, she's been to you know seven, nine different countries um, that she ne- would never have visited and had so many experiences that the hockey is and and the friends you make while you're doing it and it's brilliant. Absolutely, brilliant. and when you when you as a team when those people do put those extra efforts in like family members and friends to come and see you and it might be a small pocket sitting in a corner of a crowded stadium yeah. it means so much to the players and even to us back home when we're watching it on, on streams or something oh, the little pockets of green and gold yeah. as we see yeah oh there's Barry from you know that sort of stuff yeah, yeah Wait, sorry where's fantastic. Barry from he's Barry you said there's Barry from where, oh, where, well, where's I Barry from I can't identify him I can't say the club, otherwise it'll identify. Everybody knows Barry from dot dot dot. Oh right, okay. Yeah. In Australia, every club's got a Barry from <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> what else we got, John? Oh, what do you want to talk about? Um, I saw that what there was an interview on the FI8 site from Thierry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veal or vile? I'm sorry, I'm like Google right. translate it. Yeah. Um, Later. But uh, like he seems to be enjoying himself. He was very uh, visual at. Champions Trophy, out, handing out the awards, um, seemed to be enjoying himself, having a bit of a chuckle with Marik Fleuren from Euro Hockey. Um, but yeah, if you want to get onto the FIH.ch website, look at the news and uh, there's a first little interview. I believe there's something coming up when the new uh, video magazine is launched oh, okay. by the FIH. I think that's the first Have official... Uh, what, to produce it? Host. Uh, uh, no, no. No, you, what about yourself? <laughs> Come on. But I did the same as you, though, this week. I got the FIH media accreditation thing oh, to yeah. be able to then apply to events. But when you've got to apply for the events, you've got to get a letter from your editor. Um, That's me. Or, 
or from the National Association? No, or I'm, I'm your editor. Right, okay. And so you're what, my editor. Perfect. Yeah, we're sorry. Okay. We'll just... Co-editor? Yeah, co So we're not only we're co-hosts, but we're co-editors as co well. Co-producers? Co beautiful. Yeah, we've got co-dogs right. we co no bodies as well, though. Hey? We're co-dogs bodies. Yeah, probably. Yeah, co uh, co secretaries at the moment. Look, we're co everything. I get a good vibe from him being in the role. To yeah. be honest, um, I can see I can see positive things happening. I don't think he's gone gone in there kicking heads by any stretch. No, of maybe in a realignment is but needed. I think he's gone in there and said, "Oh no, we're not doing that again." Or we're not. I, I think he's starting to sort of put his foot. Not put his foot down. Find his feet. Find yeah, his feet. Yeah, and he's, he's seeing things that are perhaps not working the way they should and going, right, let's fix this. But uh, once again, this is a long-term project. We're not going to know in three, four months. Or, you know, in 12 months' time, we'll be able to turn around and say, X or Y is not working. Well, you said three months years. in, three months in, three months in, and he's a huge fan of the sport. There you go. That's nice of him. <laughs> yeah. At its heart is the fact that it's both a team sport and a sport that's enjoyed and played equally by men and women of all ages I'm a and ability. Because huh? I've, I've, I've got a little, I've, I've liked the sport for longer than three months, so I reckon I could get it. So yeah, the remit is all about going into the brave new world of commercial sport. Anyway, it's going to be an interesting journey, that's for sure. Yeah. Do we need it? Well, time will tell. Maybe. What grabbed your fancy at the time? At, at anything that's been going on around the hockey world? Can I just say that I think they do need to bring back the naughty, the, the, keep the naughty chair, but put it behind the goals. I, I think we've got to drop the dunk tank. No, as I think, good no, an idea. No, I think as the dunk is. tank. I think if you're going to do it back behind the goals, no, it doesn't matter anywhere around the field. Dunk tank is a necessity. In fact, that needs to go on as part of our manifesto, actually, John. Dunk tank. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and. You know, judging by the amount of penalty conversion corners of penalty corner conversions over the Champions Trophy, I think, you know, as from an occupational health and safety point of view, behind the goals is probably the safest <laughs> place a player could be. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think we could get it past them. I put the naughty chair behind the goals. Something that did come up to me this week was, um, it's fantastic that we've had all this streaming. What we now struggle with is. How do we let hockey people know that they can see the streaming? Um, and you made a comment to me about if you didn't follow the Hockey Australia feed here in Australia or on Facebook or on Twitter, you wouldn't know about the Champions Trophy taking place. Now, I know that I... I That's from an Australian perspective. Yeah, well, well okay, so Fox Sports, and this isn't a bagging of Fox Sports because I believe that they've done fantastic work with every game. I haven't seen every game on Fox Sports, but um, they've done some... Um, good work totally with streaming game. every game on there but on the Fox Sports news channel they run a 15 minute scrolling um, news segment and I watched through it twice um, on let's say it was yeah, Sunday daytime and there was tennis, there was golf there was rugby league, there was Australian rules football, there was some more Australian rules football, there was uh, yeah, soccer world cup, there was um, a lot of things and a few a few more minority sports that came on there no hockey whatsoever despite the fact that Australia had qualified in between that bulletin they qualified and that evening they were playing live on their own channels 
in the final of the Champions Trophy. So even if you're a, a sports fan and that was how you were getting your, your, your cue or your, your key to, to, to watch something later in the day, it wasn't publicised on, on there at all. Now, that's just on that format. I've spoken to other people in other parts of the world and they found the same thing. It's how do we get the message out when these tournaments are happening? when they're going to be visible, whether it be behind a paywall or whether it be um, live and free on the FIH YouTube channel, how do we let the hockey public know they're happening? I've got an idea. Let's sell them a Twitter site called hashtag livestream hockey. <laughs> you mean the hockey live? At that, the hockey live. And all you have to do is get everybody in the world to do use the hashtag livestream hockey and and it can all work. I really I really wasn't looking for that at all. <laughs> That's the answer from you there. That's part that's part way to, to what, getting towards it. But I'm, I'm thinking out. no, but I'm thinking bigger but beyond that, John. I think okay. I think we need to be looking centrally from the FIH when we know that we have our tournament schedules in place and, and things are happening. What sort of see there's so many, so much different levels of hockey going on. We're not asking the FIH, or I assume you are not asking the FIH to do this for everything, are you? Or are you? Uh, well, look, I'm just saying. When a hockey association so organises a test series for a national with another national association, is that the FIH's remit to go around and publicise that? Me, for me personally, I would think no, it's not. I want them to be concentrating on the international events, I, tr the ones that they organise, not the events that someone else organises okay, and then so goes to them and says, "Oh, can we get sanctioning for this?" Oh, yeah, sure. Here's some world ranking points as well. But Hockey Australia are going to post information about Hockey Australia games. Hockey yeah. England are going to post information about Hockey England when you can watch the Hockey mm. England games. The Netherlands will be the same. Blah 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 blah. blah. So nobody's going to be looking out to publicise the global game and where to watch all of the games. FIH have a remit there. I think they should be putting uh, media packs together that can go to schools globally, country by country. Um, if they want to talk about making global stars and having the Pro League as a global competition, then they need to be, they need to be driving that message. Now, whether they leave the delivery at the pointy end to the... Um, the national associations. I don't think they need to. We've got email addresses. You can get in, you can get in touch with every single club in the world very very easily. Deliver some content to the to, to the clubs. Posters, whatever. Even if it comes to the point that um, here's all the media stuff that you can put into your newsletters onto your social media to let uh, your club members know when things are happening. That maybe there's some kind of way that communication go back to FIH and go, that's great. Can I get some posters, please, for it? Can I get some material for it? Get that sent out globally. Now, that's interesting you bring this up because I was walking the dog the other night down <laughs> through the bush. <laughs> or was the here. dog walking you, John? No, I was <laughs> more just slobbing along in the background while the dog went ape. But I had this idea about the FIH registering every hockey player in the world. So if you're a hockey player, you get registered with the FIH and you will have a little card with your number on it. And if you give up hockey, 10 years later you can go back and there'll still be a database with your little number on it. And we could all be registered hockey players and it would be this fantastic... And I thought, what a great idea. And then they could do all that. 
contact and spread this blah 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 blah. I'm similar to what you're talking. You know about. what number I'd like? Well, no. Then I remembered that I like George Orwell. Yeah, I was going to say I want 1984. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like George Orwell. I'm thinking, gee, would the next? It, oh yeah, all registered with the FI. But they'd be asking for our tax file numbers next. <laughs> you know, I, it got a little bit scary once I seriously considered it. But there's elements within it that are probably a good idea. A database of hockey players. But exactly what you're saying there, that's what's happening here in Australia now. We're moving yeah. away from the club and the team registration yeah, to individual database. registration yeah. because the team registration clouds the figures. Oh, well, to a degree. Well, it does, no, it massively does. It massively does because there's an assumption that there's 16 no players per play team. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, no, that's right, that's right, that's right. And yeah, no, you know, but we need, we need, we do need that accurate data. We need it. Well, it's the way of. It seems to be the way modern. You can't, you can't. If you ain't got the numbers, you can't, you can't Get sell it. Yeah, you can't see, well, sell it. See, that's a problem. One of the other ho- problems with hockey is that we rely on funding. The sport doesn't generate. No, no, no. But regardless, you can't. But you can't. You can't sell to advertisers. You can't sell a package. To oh no, I can't get that. What you're talking about there? Yeah. yeah, you need to quantify what you got. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, I had a great afternoon down at our local home ground of Stevens Reserve. Tell me about it. Fabulous afternoon for hockey. Six games. Oh, three at two o'clock. Um, three at three thirty. Fabulous afternoon of people hanging around, having a couple of drinks afterwards, enjoying a great afternoon, and I just. Just drives home this the whole club thing and how important it is to have, you know, hockey time. The way that we we're fixtured at the moment is so all over the shop. That's why they they're having to go to these individual database stuff. Not the only reason, but part of the whole idea of what's happening there. And it's it's just something that we should try as a sport to try and regain a little bit of. Yeah, they, there is nothing better than having back-to-back games from your club. So you get a bit of support from the guys waiting to go on for a game and then you come off and then you can support them and even better if you can get a third game in there and then get that mingling um, in the club rooms afterwards There's no, there is nothing better no, I don't I uh, can't unfortunately can't do enough Saturday afternoons in the club but that you know that well, that's that's, uh, that's my that's my manner. We structure our competitions and all the, all of those sorts. Yeah, of things. and I saw it in the in the UK years and years and yeah. years ago with yeah, teams playing on the, no back-to-back games, five different teams playing in five different locations, and you may be lucky if you can get two back to a central spot later on a uh, on a Saturday and, afternoon and evening. It's and even even if your club, you know has a weekend where there is only one game the next weekend you'll have all the all those teams that are all on the away leg playing their home leg and if we can get those if we can reinforce some of those what would a, someone might say were old school or what's a retro or ideas and infuse them back into into the sport I think you'd be surprised at how strong the game could grow yeah oh, there's, there's definite opportunities for us mate definite opportunities um, and just before I play the sting, um, to Rob Abbott and all the other people that have been posting lovely stuff on Twitter about what a joke it is the way that soccer players abuse referees <laughs> and what a bunch of pussies they are for just <laughs> flopping over at the minus. We're all hockey players. We've been clipped around the ankle a few times ourselves. We know what it's like, and I've never seen a hockey player ever. Can
carry on like some of those clowns. What What about the basketballers? The basketballers, as Jazz Pratt, <laughs> yes, the basketballers. Well, mate, you know, oh, what do you say about it, really? What, what do you say? Well, if I was Irish, I'd say, Egypt. Egypt's, yeah, there's a bit of that going. Look, everybody knows the Australians are up for a blue if it happens, and... and Apologies to my Irish cousins for that, sorry. You know, bringing chairs into the whole equation is out. You know, if you want to if you want to have a go and just rumble, fair enough, but, you know, starting to do that sort of stuff, and yeah, it's a bit out of order. Um, some of the high kicks were laughable as well, weren't they? Well, some of these guys think they're Jackie Chan, that's for sure, and you're not, mate. I would love to see Luke Longley let loose, though. He's a big unit. He could have done some serious damage. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Hey, hang on a sec. We've gone 44... Oh, yeah, we barely wind it up in a minute. Go Uh, for it. uh, I'm just doing my bit. I don't know if you noticed I was giving the keys to the car this evening to uh, lead off the show. Um, You were. Hopefully I didn't. Uh, stuff it up and then he said something else and <laughs> didn't stuff it up um, do, I popped out on Twitter before we started recording John anybody that gives us a like it's, I said it's showtime give this tweet a like in the next two hours and we'll give you a shout out on this week's show should we go down the list mm-hmm. number one uh, most, most, I'll go most recent FJ Campbell author FJ Campbell oh. of the book Thank you, FJ. No, number nine. No, number nine, yeah. Available at all good bookshops uh, and online at Amazon and Book Depository and various places. Thank you, FJ. Old Albanians Hockey Club. Not only did we get a like, we got a retweet as well. Woohoo. Yeah? Thank you. Good on your old Albanians. I think they're in South Africa. Pretty sure. Good on Albania. No. Hi over there. Tyron at high as well, seems to be saying like South Africa. Uh, I hope. <laughs> Sani, thanks very much, Jazz. He's uh, getting a bit obsessive, isn't he? Appearing on the show. <laughs> liking tweets. Not, not as obsessive as one of the blokes who's tweeted it and really liked it. Uh, Matt E. Um, I've also got a, any chance you could help Hockey Brother out by retweeting above tweet, please. I'll just investigate and see what it is. Oh, tweet does not exist. It won't be doing that then. Uh, John Lee. John Lee. There's yeah. a, re, a retweet. Oh, that's you. Might be. I, I thought I'd get a mention on my own podcast. <laughs> well done. Big, big up you. Uh, Andrew Wilson. Um, I like and a retweet from Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much. Frank, Super coach, Andrew. Frank Hockey Podcast. Available at all good podcast outlets. Why are they scoring, Andrew? We'll have to have this conversation. Rotten Row Hockey there in Edinburgh. A retweet and a like as well. Thank you very much. Uh, anybody else out there that hasn't... Uh, retweeted or liked that well stuff you oh that's very polite of you oh sorry <laughs> um, Taff from the hockey family there's been some problem with getting some kit to one of the Flyers kids teams um, I won't slander the company but if you, you go on, well, if you go onto our Twitter feed to tweet tweets and mentions you'll see the name of that particular um supplier in the UK and in India and South Africa as well but they've reneged on their deal and taken the money and not providing any kit for this side um, TAF via the hockey family is trying to raise funds to get some kit for these kids for upcoming tournaments for the next 12 months he only needs about £700 for it, the last time I looked it was about £150 um, hockey family check out The Hockey Family on Twitter on Facebook and get the links onto that and give five quid ten euros 
twenty dollars, whatever it may well work out in your local currency. Just get that over the line. It would be nice to get the hockey family around that one. Should have played that before. Oh, we should, yeah. I don't know whether the feedback thing actually works or not, but at least it lets everybody know that it's coming towards the end of the show, whether they whether they they like it or not. Uh, You on score dot com, John? S C O double R D dot com, John? I I am, but you know that I'm I'm very uh, um, educated on a lot of these things. Because you're not, you're not. Because I searched I searched for John Lee on there. There is no John Lee on there. I I wanted to add you to the TRS World Eleven hashtag TRS World Eleven coach. Backslash coach. Well, well, okay, well, no, but you can you can register regi- <laughs> register yourself as a coach on there. That's fine. You don't have to register as a player on there. Oh look, I just didn't realise I had to do a profiley thing, and I just haven't got around to. It. I will. So you can recruit me. It's not about recruiting, mate. It's a great platform. I've um I've got to do a little video for Oriol for in Fremantle. Um, and he said, like, either in the city or by the, by the pitch. Um, so I was going to do it the other night, and basically it's P. Dammit's rain ever since, whenever I've had an opportunity to do it. That's not a great way, great way to sell our great port city, is it? What you need is a ball with some sort of camera in it, because if you really get hold of one from that number one pitch at Stevens, you could probably hit a ball into the middle of Fremantle. If you really got hold of it, gave it a bit of air, she'd fly, because we're on top of a hill there, and just keep going. So you didn't ask me about my game last week anyway, at the weekend. Oh, I, I should have because I believe you donned the pads. I did. I was uh, back once again like the Renegade Master. I was... Uh, Renegade Master? I was c- called, in, <laughs> called into action. <laughs> I was called into action. I did put out a Twitter poll to see... Uh, what people thought, you know, how many how many goals may be conceded uh, on the day? Uh, Seventeen votes. Forty-one percent uh, voted classy clean sheet. Zero percent unlucky one. Thirty-five percent couldn't do much to. Twenty-four percent sloppy three plus. Well, I have you know, and this is for you, Garley, uh, uh Sugar Britches out there. You know, keep an eye on your spot. We went down three-one. I did let in the unlucky one. That was only because my stuffed knee gave gave up on me as I tried to kick the ball and uh, buckled underneath me, and I cried a little bit. Um, but then I manfully went up, played on for the next 20 minutes, John. Huh? What's that? I'm looking out for a hero. 